0: Welcome, everybody. It's a good day to be in God's Word. I'm Joe Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented to you by the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. Let me encourage you to learn more about the work that we're doing around the world by going to traincpe.org. And to learn about our Mission Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. But now, let's turn our focus upon instruction from God's Word we continue a consideration from John 20. Jesus has appeared to his disciples who are hidden away the night of his resurrection. He gives them a word of peace, and then he commissions them to go to the ends of the world with that message of peace. Then he breathed upon them the breath of regenerating life, and then he gave them the ministry and the message of forgiveness. The same ministry and message that he's given us today. These individuals are experiencing at this moment in time that gift that has been given to all who believe and trust in Jesus Christ and repent of their sins, the gift of new life. We have been commissioned under Jesus' authority to bring the message of peace with God to the world. We have been transformed by the Spirit of Jesus to bring that message of peace with God through our own transformed lives. But there's one last thing, and this is what we see here. We are granted to make, as a result of that, an authoritative declaration into that peace, what's required for that peace, to declare when that peace is present and when it's not present. We have been given the authority to declare forgiveness with God before men who have been lost in their sins. That's the third thing we see here. As God, the Lord Jesus, grants these disciples the authority to declare the giving or withholding of the seal of peace, which is forgiveness with God. You do not have peace with God unless you realize first forgiveness with God. These two ideas are united together, and it is to the church that the way into peace through forgiveness is declared by the work of God alone and Christ alone on His cross alone. We have been given and granted by God this authority, this power. Ultimately, only God can forgive sins. We can forgive a person who has sinned against us so far as the sin has impacted our own lives but not any further. But God alone can forgive any person any their sins because all have sinned first and foremost against Him. Forgiveness is God's domain and Jesus takes up this domain as God and then He gives the message of this forgiveness to us, His followers. The message of peace with God through the forgiveness of sins. Let's understand what this means. The meaning of this passage is not that God follows our lead. We forgive, and then somehow God rubber stamps our declarations and our expressions of forgiveness. Instead, Jesus is saying, We declare authoritatively to others who God forgives and who God does not forgive we declare authoritatively who is forgiven and who is not forgiven. And that declaration is based solely on the message of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and on the response of, or the lack of response, of repentance and faith in Him. The person who repents of their sin and believes in Jesus, it has been given to us the power to say to them, your sins are forgiven. A person who does not repent, who does not cast themselves in repentance upon Christ, And believe in him alone we've been granted the power to say you're still in your sins and you're still under God's judgment Jesus is not giving us power to individually absolve any person of their sins one of the reasons we know this is true is that as you go on and study the book of Acts and you study the lives of the disciples you'll not find one example or one occasion when those individuals absolve any one of their sins What you'll find in every occasion is that they call upon men to repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And they promise them upon that repentance the forgiveness of sins. And they tell people who haven't repented and have not believed in them, they tell them, you are still in your sins. That's the response to this authority that Jesus Christ has given them. Not one place will you see that they occupy a position of extending themselves Extending from themselves forgiveness, salvation, and peace with God. But they do very authoritatively declare who it is who's forgiven and who is not. This is what Peter preached to the Jews in the temple in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Peter writes, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sin may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before, whom heavens must receive until the time of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. What is he declaring? He's saying that those who repent and believe in Jesus Christ alone are forgiven and restored. Paul declares the same word in the synagogue in Antioch in Pisidia. Turn to Acts chapter 13. And let me read to you verses 32 to 38. I'd actually invite you to read the whole sermon of Paul on this occasion. It's this wonderful, tremendous expression of the forgiveness that comes to those who have faith in the exalted Lord Jesus Christ, who has risen from the dead. Let's pick it up in verse 32. Here's what Paul writes. And we declare to you glad tidings, good news, that promise which was made to the fathers, God has fulfilled for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus, as it is also written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption, he has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. He's authoritatively declaring to them the means by which all men are forgiven and the means by which they're not forgiven. You're not forgiven by the law. You're forgiven by this one who has risen from the dead and your faith and belief in them. This is the power to declare the seal of the forgiveness of sins which leads to peace with God. It was given to them by Jesus Christ, it's been given to us. It's us saying that through Jesus alone and his sacrifice alone and his resurrection to life alone, and through repentance towards God alone and faith in Jesus Christ alone, your sins are forgiven. We declare who is forgiven and who is not. We say with Paul, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. We say with Peter, nor is there salvation found in any other, for there is no other name under heaven among men by which you must be saved. That's what we say. It's an exercise of the authority that Jesus Christ is conferring upon them and He's conferring upon us to declare the exclusive means of forgiveness, of salvation, of peace through repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's what's happening here. There is no story in Scripture of a person ever being forgiven of God apart from confession and repentance and faith. Not one. When a man sought forgiveness from God, even in the Old Testament, when a man sought forgiveness for his sins from God, he was told to go publicly to the temple and make a sacrifice. He had to make his sin known in order to realize God's promise of forgiveness. He laid his hand publicly upon that sacrifice. He declared his sins publicly in confession and repentance. And the principle still holds true. To offer forgiveness to anyone who has not confessed and forgiven is beyond the authority of the church But for the one who confesses their sins, who in that confession and repentance lays their hand on the Lord Jesus who died for them and believes in His power to forgive them because He's risen from the dead, conquering over their sins, there has been given to us a declaration from the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins have been forgiven you. However, when a person has not, will not, When a person dodges or dissembles in their confession and their repentance and deflects, we cannot offer or declare to them we have no ground of authority to announce a forgiveness that God himself has not pronounced or given. On more than a number of occasions, I've had the opportunity to share the gospel with people in places all over the world. I've been able to evoke from them a confession of sin. There has been produced in them through our conversations a sense of God's judgment for their sins. I've been able to share with them the promised forgiveness of their sins through the resurrected Lord Jesus who has died for their sins. I've guided people to confess those sins and to ask Christ to come into their lives as their Lord and Savior in order that they might realize forgiveness. And it's been my great joy to tell people on the basis of a sincere repentance and confession of faith that God has forgiven them of all their sins. I've also had experiences where i spoke to individuals who have Understood those things, expressed a desire to be forgiven of their sins, recognized their brokenness and their fallenness and their need of a Savior. But when it came to the terms, an act of forsaking and repenting of their sins and believing on Christ alone, they stopped short. I bring to my mind a, a mother that I was speaking to, a young daughter who had become a follower of Jesus and brought me to speak to her mother. I spoke to her mother, we had a wonderful conversation. The mother agreed with all that we had talked about and all that the Bible said about her sin and all that it said about her need and all that Jesus Christ had accomplished for her in dying for her sins and rising from the grave. And then the mother was challenged to forsake her sins and repent and to ask the Lord Jesus to come into her life and be her Lord and her Savior and take over control of her life. I read to her Revelation 3.20. The last verse in Revelation 3.19 is repent. The first words, that's the statement of Repentance. Then Revelation 3.20 moves into faith. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and I'll sup with him and he with me. The question was asked of her, what door do you think Jesus is knocking at? She understood he was knocking at the door of her heart. She understood that he was calling her to forsake her sin and repent. And that he was willing, although she had sinned against him and offended him, he was willing to come into her life and bring to her all of his forgiveness. So the question was asked of her, Today she was ready to open her heart and give her life to the Lord Jesus. And her reply was, "No oi, not today." I asked her, "Could I ask you why? Is there a reason why you' are not ready to open your heart and surrender your life to Jesus today?" And her answer was, "I do not I will not, because I do not want to. I will not, because I do not want to." I thanked her for her candor, her honesty with me, for being clear and concise in what she said. But then I told her that apart from repentance and receiving faith in Jesus Christ, you must know I depart from you now with you still in your sins. You have not been forgiven and you are still under his judgment and you shall know no peace in your life with God until you repent of your sin and believe in Jesus Christ alone. That's the authority that God has given us, that God has provided for us. That's what He gave to the disciples, having come before them and brought His peace to them, having given them the commission, having breathed His regenerative life into them. Now they are empowered to bring that message to others. This is that authoritative message of the gospel of peace that the risen Christ immediately conferred upon the apostles and that we have received from them and that we are commanded to give to the world. Only. Do not go into that work if you've not experienced that peace for yourself through the regenerating work of Jesus breathing into you his life in response to your repentance and your faith, breathing into you the spirit of life from the dead. Well, thank you for listening to the ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org Until the next time, God bless you.